following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Well, um, <clears throat> we're going to continue our study in uh, Philippians, on chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Um, and I, uh, I admit that this week... Um, this week has been very troubling to me. Um, I'm, I'm grieved by what seemed to be a race war happening in our country. Uh, and the violent events and protests in recent days speak only of hatred and growing animosity and division uh, between the people. And we know that uh, the Lord is not... Uh, This is not his process, division and hatred. Um, It is the enemy at work. Um, So I want you to make no mistake. uh, As children of good, we are in the midst of a war. Uh, But it's not a war between the races. There's only one race, human race. this summer at camp, well, it's still summer, but at camp, we, uh, um, there was a, the dino pastor came and spoke to the kids. It was uh, very interesting. Uh, and he says the only difference between black, white, or Asian, or whatever, is melatonin. Or mel, mel, is that right? That helps me sleep at night. That's the same thing? Okay. Well, it helped me sleep at night to know there's only melatonin levels that to make anybody any different. Uh, as far as the the color of their skin. And that's not enough to hate over. Anyway, we are in a war between the devil and God's people. Um, What's going on in America today is only a small skirmish in that long war. But the good news is that in God's view, this war is already won. Uh, It was won on the cross by the Lord Jesus. But until the day that the trumpet sounds and the Lord returns, our enemy, the devil, is still going to prowl around like a roaring lion, seeking those he can devour. Um, And so we fight. But we don't fight like our enemy fights. Uh, Returning lies with lies and returning hatred with hatred does not win. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not, the, are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and ever lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. As I think about what's going on in our country, there's only one solution to the problem, and that's the love of the Lord Jesus. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what transforms hearts. That's what renews minds. It's the Lord Jesus alone. Well, our text for this morning is Philippians 4, 8 through 9, and that's page 982 in the Pew Bible, if that's helpful to you. And uh, it will be up on the screen here as well. And I hope that as we examine these few verses that we can gain some perspective on how we should be living in these troubling times. 
Now, last week, if you were with us, uh, we talked about verses 4 through 7 uh, of Philippians 4 and how if we rejoice in the Lord always and if we let our reasonableness be known to everyone, if we turn away from our worry and turn to prayer with thanksgiving, then what do we get? The peace of God that surpasses understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, verses 8 and 9 are exactly how that works out. Um, so let's look at them together. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the good of peace will be with you. Well, let's face effects. A lot, have been, a lot has been said about the power of positive thinking over the years, um, both good and bad. Um, but right here, we have the truth that there is great benefit to focusing on the bright side. I love that song, that old piano song, Always Look on the Bright Side of Your Life. Uh, I don't remember any other words, but I think about that. When it comes to um, the power of our thoughts, um, Alastair Begg said, We are not what we think we are but what we think we are is interesting. There's some truth in it. It's not all true, but there's some truth in that idea. It's a clever way of saying that our outlook determines our attitudes and our actions. It's not if I think that I'm a potted plant, I'm a potted plant, right? That's not how it works anymore. It never did. Um, but our attitude determines our actions, our outlook determines our response. Now, I, I admit, this may come as a surprise, but I tend to be pessimistic. Um, my dad and I have a saying, why bother worrying? Nothing's going to be okay. <laughs> and it's because we've seen it over and over again. <laughs> We're good friends with Murphy and all his laws. But the truth is that no matter, uh, the truth of the matter is that this kind of negative imagination is exactly why things are the way they are in our country right now. We don't see the good. People only see the bad. They don't see what they agree on. They only see what they disagree on. They don't see what makes them the same, only what makes them different. Uh, people are not looking for the true and noble and lovely and praiseworthy things in each other. They're focused on their disagreements and differences. Now, even with that statement, here I am being pessimistic, and I say they and all of them, right? Well, it's not true, is it? It's not everyone. Which pointed out this, uh, this uh, yes, this big rally in Charlottesville with the white supremacists and, and however a few hundred people came to support that. A few hundred people. Do you know how many people are in America? It's a very small, this is a very small group of people uh, wrong thinking, right? 
as Christians, we must make the deliberate choice, a deliberate choice of the will to focus on these things that Paul laid out for us in our text. Now, I want to be clear, first of all, that we can never truly think positively until we have discovered uh, what Ray Stedman called the positive life in Christ. We can see clearly without Jesus in our hearts. We cannot see people as they are without the Holy Spirit uh, living within us through faith in Jesus. It's only through faith in Jesus that our perspective can truly change so that we start to see things illuminated by the Holy Spirit, seeing things as they really are. So this little list of things to think about could um, simply and safely stay a uh, fortune cookie for us or an inspirational calendar saying. Um, But when it is fueled by the Holy Spirit through faith, it changes our perspective if we let it. We change how we see things if we let it. Change how we see people if we let it. And change how we deal with conflict if we let it. So let's look at, let's think about these things one at a time. I gotta take a breath. I feel like I'm running through this. Finally, brothers. Now we stop there. Paul, as we've studied this, Paul already said finally. This is finally number two. Uh, finally, blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, no, okay, so now really, really, finally, blah, blah, blah. Well, there's a whole other chapter to go. Um, and if brothers, remember this, a Greek word, it means siblings, brothers and sisters. So it's not just right to men in the church, it's right to everyone. Okay, so finally, everybody, brothers and sisters in Christ, whatever is true. A pilot asked Jesus a question when he was on a trial. He says, what is truth? What is truth? Because Jesus said, I came to testify to the truth. And that was Pilate's response. What's truth? It's undefinable, right? Nobody really knows. <laughs> it's a question that people are still trying to answer uh, over 2,000 years later. What is truth? We, that's very true. That's correct. Um, Jesus said himself in John 14 and 6, you're just trying to get a candy bar, aren't you, John? I don't really have any candy bars. I'm not saying anything else. Jesus said himself in John 14 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the truth, right? Jesus is himself the embodiment of all that is true. And in him alone can mankind find the reality of things as they really are. That's really what truth is. Things as they really are. I like to call that reality. It's only through the lens of Jesus Christ that we can see life as it really is. We can truly see people as they really are. People not our enemy, right? We've talked about this before. Through faith in Jesus, we can see that people are not our enemy. It doesn't matter how vehemently they disagree with us or how vile we think their actions and attitudes are. They are not our enemy. They are deceived by our enemy. And it's only through Jesus will they see the light of the reality, the truth. Hmm, that was in the notes. And there was a bonus. Yeah. 
need to get some of those, I think. When we run into trouble, it's when we try to alter reality, to change how things really are, to try to define it ourselves so that we can live life on our own terms. But it's a lie to think that we can actually accomplish that feat. But it doesn't keep us from trying. I'm not, I say us, I mean the human race. You too. Right? Me too. We'll try to do this. And we do not define reality. We can no more change the truth than we can make the sun rise in the west instead of the east. It's not possible. It's a matter of perspective. Did the sun rise in the east this morning? Did it? No, it didn't. Did it happen? The earth revolved. And we moved to the place where we could see the sun. Sun didn't move. See, it's a matter of perspective. It's moving, but not around us, everybody. I want you to know that. Sun does not revolve around us in our tiny little blue speck. All right? Now your reality is shaken, isn't it? <laughs> Moral relativism is a teaching that says, what may be true for you is not necessarily true for me. All right? You can believe that if you want, and that can define your truth, but it's not my truth. You heard of this before? It's a lie from Satan. Truth is true, believe it or not. All right? It, how you feel about the truth is not real, does not affect the reality of the truth. Mm. But instead of getting whipped up by what is not true, center your thinking on what is true. Jesus said in John 17:17, 17, 17, "Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth." What's the word sanctify mean? Set apart, make holy. Make your people holy by the truth. They'll be different because of the truth. Where is the truth found? God's word, God is the one who defines what is true and what is real. And he has given us that truth in his word, the Bible. You know that the Bible is 100% true and accurate? No effort of man can change that. Believe me, they've been tried for a long time. <clears throat> so what is true? God is truth. And he's given us the truth of his word and given us his son. The only true way to be connected to God, through faith in him. Well, that's just one of the things on our list. So the second one, uh, second, what we are instructed to think about, what is true and what is honorable. Now, this seems to be kind of a lost cause in our culture. What an old-fashioned concept. Think about what is honorable. Think about whatever is honorable. Well, what is that? It's that which is noble and awe-inspiring, that which lifts our eyes, things of worthy character, worthy of esteem and veneration and dignity. Think about these things. Nah, we like ultimate fighters instead. Watch people beat each other to a pulp, don't we? We like to find the things that are base things in this world. We don't want to think about what's honorable. Just imagine what our lives might look like if we not only thought about the things like this, but actually sought to live this way ourselves. If I don't think about anything that's honorable, chances are I'm not going to try to live that way either. 
Right? They say chivalry is dead. You know why? People turn their, their minds away from what is honorable. That's why. Right? Hmm. Instead of focusing on all that is worthless and low, the base things of the world, the vulgar and the vain and the filth and the foul, imagine all the TV shows that would be canceled if we turn our backs on that stuff. Right? All, of the, all the websites that would be shut down because the people don't want to think about this stuff anymore. Hmm. Whatever is honorable, think about these things. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just. Oh, we like this one. We like justice, don't we? When we get to define what's just. Hmm? Whatever is just is not what is just in the eyes of man, but in the eyes of God. Whatever is right and proper and righteous, whatever is according to the commands of God, that is what is just. <laughs> I had a friend years ago. He had uh, kids, and um, they were difficult, as kids can be. And one kid uh, tattle on the other, say, this one did this. You should punish her. He said, what? Let's look at what the Bible says we ought to do. This child is disobedient to her parents. So what's the Old Testament say? Justice. Stone them. Take them right out to the outside of your house and throw rocks at them until they're dead. You want me to do that to your, to your sister? No, of course not. I just, no. Just punish. No, this is what the Bible says. It's justice. Right? Hmm. Well, thank the Lord for the Lord Jesus Christ was set free from that law. Would I have any kids anymore? That'd be sad. Huh? <laughs> That's right. My parents would have thrown rocks at me till I was dead a long time ago. All right? Whatever is just is whatever is right and proper and righteous, whatever is according to the commands of God. You've heard of the commands of God before? Worshiping God as the only good. Not bowing down to idols or making idols for yourself to worship or taking his name in vain. Is honoring our parents, valuing human life, staying faithful to our spouse, not stealing, not defrauding anyone, being honest and keeping our hearts from coveting anyone else's stuff or their lifestyle. That's what is just. Think about these things. We have definition of what is just. Whatever is true, honorable, just, and whatever is pure. Hmm, what's that? What is, what is, what is pure? Now, mm, to be pure is to act without moral defect, right? The old-fashioned word is chaste. Um, and purity... Uh, it's a, it's a huge issue within a church, uh, the church at large. And there are tons of people that are focusing on, on sexual purity uh, with the youth in the church. You see uh, True Love Waits and all these campaigns uh, and all that stuff. And although um, the truth is the kids aren't the only ones that need to hear that, uh, but sexual purity is only one aspect of the word that Paul uses here in our text, translated purity. Uh, the Greek word is hagnos, which you can impress your friends with, and which means 
innocence or pure, but purity is not just a thing that one possesses. It's a way in which one acts, um, to act innocently. The word is an adjective and not a noun, right? It's describing your, your action or a person's actions, not the action itself. To be pure is to act without moral defect. It is the acts of truth and honor and justice. Now think about how you could act this way, to act purely. I think that's interesting. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and whatever is commendable. Lovely and commendable. Hmm. Now there are uh, where things that are true, honorable, just, and pure, those things, how they get to be those that way, are not defined by men. They're defined by God. God is the one that says, this is true, this is honorable, this is just, this is pure. But what is lovely and commendable? It's not just defined by God, but it's defined by us. It is a matter of perspective. What is lovely and what is commendable? commendable things that are lovely and commendable are that way in the eyes of people well whatever is lovely is whatever is agreeable and pleasing dear to the heart of man we are here encouraged to appreciate art and music and the beauty of creation to think about the things that lift up our spirits rather than bring them down now, I have, a, I have a hobby that allows me to do this all the time. Um, I would do wood turning, and you would be amazed what's inside of an ugly old tree. Right? The ugly old tree is beautiful all on its own. But when you cut it all apart and see what's going on inside of there, it's beautiful. I cut a tree down uh, yesterday that uh, was growing up next to the garage, and it's just overgrown. Uh, it's black birch. Don't know if you know what black birch is, but when you cut it down, it smells like spearmint. Like I just cut down a pack of gum. Now, how beautiful is that? It's just a simple thing. But it gets so bogged down that everybody hates each other and they're burning crosses and they're stomping on flags and blah, blah, blah. You ever cut down a tree that smells like spearmint? It's just a simple I have a bunch of it. We can just cut it up and smell it all day. It's really nice. <laughs> I No, I didn't. I should have thought of that. A little object lesson. Look, wood that smells like gum. A dear friend often issues a challenge to me. Uh, have you looked at the clouds today? Uh, we don't have any today. but Look at the clouds. Just think about what's going on up there to make that picture, right? Look what look beyond what is corrupt in this world to what is beautiful and proclaims God's glory. It's simple things. It's not complicated. We don't like simple. We like to complicate things. That's whatever is lovely. Look at what is beautiful and proclaim God's glory. Whatever is commendable is that which is worthy of praise, esteemed in word and deed, worthy of approval by people, good works 
which merit commendation. Uh, This is loving service to people, not judgment, not hatred, loving service. Crime and violence and hatred are all we see on TV and in our news feeds. Seek out the good that is happening around you. Sure, there are monuments being toppled and crosses being burned, but good things are still happening. Do you know that in the last week, over $4 million was raised by the Jimmy Fund for Cancer Research? Do you hear about that on TV? No, but how many uh, pictures of monuments toppled over have you seen this week? Too many. But if you watch baseball, you hear a lot about it. See? God use your baseball. (laughs) Whatever is lovely and commendable. That's exactly what he had in mind. There are good things going on. Kids are getting saved at camp, even this past week. Getting baptized by their friends in a pool. It's wonderful. Good things are happening. The instruction is think about these things. Don't think about what just makes you feel bad. Don't ignore all that stuff. But think about what is true and lovely and commendable. Paul says, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, this is a summary statement. He's not talking about something different. But it's a summary statement made by the apostle. Any excellence refers to what is true and honorable and just and pure. Those things are excellent. Right? These are the qualities of God at work in the world around us. If there's any moral excellence, any outstanding goodness and virtue, think about these things. And if there's anything worthy of praise, anything that mankind sees as lovely and commendable, think about these things. Does this sound like the power of positive thinking? Because I guarantee if we think about these things, uh, the way we look at the world will change. The way we act and think and feel will change. The challenge is to deliberately choose these things as the subject for our thoughts and meditations. To, to keep these thoughts always before us. Not to ignore the pain and tragedy in the world. But to keep these things forefront in our mind. To choose to focus on the positive, on the true, on the honorable, on the just, on the pure, on the lovely, on the commendable. That will force us to change our perspective from negative to positive. Why bother worrying? Your perspective on what's okay is probably wrong. (laughs) Paul says in verse 9, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, perhaps there's a whole uh, myriad of sermons there just in that verse, but I'm not going to preach a bunch more. Paul not only taught these things, you guys need to do this. He didn't just say that. He did it. This was his pattern of life and behavior. And he says, follow that. Follow that pattern. He's already said it uh, in Philippians before. He lived these things out. His example taught, just as his words taught, how to live according to sound doctrine. Now, these things... 
these kind of statements, these imitate me kind of statements always ring in my ears and I don't like them because I've said many times, even just last week, don't be like me. Be like me, you're, you're in trouble. It's a big mess. But I wonder if maybe living lives worthy of imitation shouldn't be our goal. Hmm. I think it should. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the truth of your word that challenges us to change the way we look at the world. There may be some here this morning that think, well, I thought I was doing all right. Still am. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would show us how we can improve. And there may be some of us this morning never thought of things this way. I pray that your Holy Spirit would show us how we can improve. That our focus would be on what you have done and what you are doing in the world. On the true and the honorable, the just and the pure, the lovely and the commendable. I pray, Lord, you would help us to see on the bright side that you are the silver lining around every cloud. I pray, Father, that we would learn to live in appreciation of who you are and what you have done and what you are doing in the world. Just the little things, the clouds in the sky, the birds in the air, the simple, pure, lovely. That sounds like peace to me, Lord. I pray that you would fill us all with that peace. Change our perspective. Lord, if there's anyone here that does not know you, the truth, that today they would give their hearts to you. Admit their rebellion against you and receive your free forgiveness. Accept your sacrifice on their behalf on the cross. So that they would know the true power of what is truly positive. And that's you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.